Welcome to Live the Fuel, where we fuel your health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel show. So, this evening, well, it's evening for me anyway, uh, we're dialing in with a gentleman who might know a little bit about, well, we're going to share some stories probably today on relationships, maybe some entrepreneurship successes and also some hard lessons learned. Uh, and we're going to be talking a little about something around the subject or the branding that you'll get to know today about becoming ultra human. Great brand. I love it. Uh, but this gentleman came to me thanks to shout out Justin Shank of the Growth Now Movement. That's right. Name dropping the heck out of him. Uh, but today's guest co-host, he's coming into us with 20 years in consulting, product design, formulation, packaging, distribution, might know a few things about seminars. And actually, before we hit record today, I just realized he's definitely more of a geek than me about writing and uh, being an author. Apparently, this guy can sit down and bang out an entire kid's book in one session. I don't know how people do that. Uh, uh, but there's so much more to this guy. We're going to get into it today. So that gives you just a little bit of a snippet. And he loves working on workshops with, you know, around physical and mental performance. And again, we're going to tie this back to entrepreneurial success because a lot of people out there like myself start off with the side hustle. And next thing you know, one of these side hustles becomes your full-time profession and can bring you ultimate success. So without further ado, Jason Deere of The Ultra Human, welcome to the show. What's up, my man? Thanks for having me on the show, dude. Pleasure being here. Yeah. So, and only because I already hit on it, we just got to talking about it. I mean, seriously, an entire kid's book in one session without even taking a piss. That's impressive. I mean, that just, that just, <laughs> that just levels the bar so high. I mean, granted, I mean, I mean, what was the length of the book? What do you think it is for a kid? Oh, it's not long. It's probably maybe about 25 pages. But you, you just had that much of a creative flow. You're like, you know what? I think kids need to have this in their library. <laughs> yeah, literally. Actually, a lot of it comes from experiences. I had a kind of a weird experience driving. And then uh, by the time I got home, I just opened up my laptop and just I was inspired. And once I get inspired, I just sat down and wrote the whole fucking thing, you know, like in one shot. But seriously, man, um, like really? You're just like, you know what? I feel like we're going to write a book tonight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I've actually done that a couple of times. I actually sat down. That, that wasn't actually the longest. The longest one I did in a three-day period, I wrote about 60 pages of a book. Wow. Uh, which I never finished. And the problem is, is I really regret not finishing it. It's very hard to go back and pick up that sort of state of mind. But uh, when I'm inspired I'm by something, I really run with it. I don't, I think people, uh, I don't believe in, in sort of working. I don't believe consistency when it comes to creativity is like this. Right. I don't think that you're ever creatively like this. I think you go in chunks and you ride the waves like you're surfing. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's true flow state. Flow state is going with the flow. It's like you you kind of lie and go with the river, whatever the river the piece is. You know, well, it's just like people in the financial game, right? They're studying those ebbs and flows. They're going to know when they get yeah. in and then they get out. And they're playing that game. The, the people who have the professions to to ride the market can ride that market. So I got friends who are really good at that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. You can inspire creativity. I mean, I, I do a lot of seminars. Actually, the, a big chunk of seminars I talk about is how to become more creative because I design packaging myself. I've been creative for over 20 years. Like it's, it's really what pays my bills is that, hmm. but it's, it's really about kind of accessing what we already have, not just getting into flow state, but getting into like a really deep state of consciousness and then being able to actually put it together and actually produce something out of it. That's a hard part. Everybody has ideas. There's no shortage of ideas. Okay. It's now putting them on paper and then being able to actually, whether you're writing a book, publish it, or you're building a product, actually transferring this sort of idea into a tangible product that you could physically sell. That was whatnot. definitely a, a frustration of mine uh, when I started writing the book over a year ago was 
and the funny thing is, I think I think you and I might have talked about it when we did our, our preview, but it was I, I didn't even write it. I decided because I travel so much. Like I was just telling you, I'm leaving tonight uh, for three days away on business, and it's like you know what. I love to drive. I don't always fly. If it's only one state away, I'd rather just road trip it because I'm either streaming, I'm catching up on podcasts, audiobooks, uh, or in this case, I that's how I wrote my book. I did a voice transcription app. So I would sit there, and in the beginning, if it was just short bursts, I could just bang out a good 1,000 words in 15 minutes. Uh, but then I would pause and think about it and keep going and then just keep restarting and restarting. And then next thing you know, I've got you know two, three chapters done. i got a half a book done. I'm like, wow, I mean, this is – Opt in. I don't have to worry about if I if I'm in a cell phone signal area or not, right? For coverage, because I'm just doing it on my iPhone, and instead of listening to a radio, I'm I'm well working, I guess, but I'm flowing with the inspiration that's in me at that point in time. And, Absolutely. And I never scheduled it. I would just say I'm going to start my drive, and I would just start thinking about it. And then if all of a sudden it was clicking, I'm like, oh, let's let's fire up the app, let's hit record, and see how it flows. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's, you know, I think that there's always a balance with all of this stuff and you see all these people that have like really tight morning routines and you might be one of those people too. And I believe in the power of like routines and habits and like, uh, you know, mindless thinking. Like I actually have a set of clothes. I wear the same set of clothes all the time. just kind of like rotate the clothes. So I don't think about it. Uh, same restaurants, they eat, same food because you get what's called like decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. Right. But the problem is that's actually the complete opposite of creativity. Right. So like You've made it too I easy. think that there's sort of um, a line and it's kind of like what's below sea level and what's above. And then you have like your consistent things that you do every day, like maybe we're wearing the same clothes, eating the same food, same people, what whatnot, maybe around, same morning routine, brushing your teeth, whatever. But then on top of that, you allow the room and the space of complete freedom. And people don't really lead this life of complete when I say complete freedom, I mean you have no idea what time it is, you have no idea what something costs, you have no idea what something's gonna take to do. You just are completely thinking on a sort of a, like a superior, like metaphysical level of like what is what may not even be capable, but you just dream it. If yeah, you no. start dreaming it, then you could. Now, did you hear you, about the whole same clothes, same food thing from somebody else decide to try it, or did you just kind of stumble into that kind of thing yourself? I actually didn't even know I was doing it. <laughs> um, I've worn the same. I got habitual. I actually started doing it from events. So you know, I threw parties. Yeah. For, for those of you, a lot of people know I own Ultra Human which is like a nutritional company. But uh, for 15 years, I was throwing huge, massive parties and uh, extreme parties. So I was doing pyrotechnics, celebrity events, lasers, building giant robots to walk around, all sorts of crazy shit. Well, that's your and, site. Uh, that's under your name, right? Uh, that's yeah. yeah. So and was that only over in like the Great Britain or was that everywhere, like wherever people wanted you to go? Yeah, no, it was in the U.S. Dude, it toured oh. around. It did it all around the U.S. Doing Columbus, Ohio was most, but I was in Vegas, Texas, Kentucky, wherever. I got to screen right? share this old because you, you don't even do you uh. maintain this site anymore. Do you? I don't know. No, I don't really maintain yeah. it anymore. There it is. Always outnumbered, never outgunned. I like that. Yeah, this video right here on the front is about a seven-minute video. It gives you a pretty good idea of what these parties were about, but they, they were absolute chaos. Like, Scott, they were insane, right? So what happened is, is I started noticing, wanting the same food, wanting the same things. You can kind of forward near the end. Oh, yeah, I'm and skipping you'll, you'll get a, Yeah, keep skipping, keep going. Maybe around here is good. You'll kind of get an idea right there. I got the music streaming through right now, too. Holy crap, man. These are some big parties. I mean, wow. Yeah, they're real deal right there. That's some serious pyrotechnics. Again, people who are not hearing this, you, you're going to have to go watch and watch it. We're streaming it live on Facebook right now on my Live the Fuel channel. 
And then we're also streaming this. Uh, we'll, we'll have this obviously on YouTube too, but this is pretty cool. You guys did not mess around. I mean, no, no, or anything you did, and if anything, you did mess around a lot, but in a professional way. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's yeah, crazy. You know, the funny thing is, though, it teaches, it, it really taught me because you have like, you know, if you think about like the, the old age that started 30 years ago with Tony Robbins talking about certainty and uncertainty, right? Mm -hmm. So you're dealing in these very, very unpredictable environments all day long. And then you find that to be that creative, like I would design all the shows, script all, script everything, build all the music, design all the outfits. So you're constantly having to be creative, but you need a base foundation. So I would catch myself wanting to wear sweatpants, the same shirt every day, like the same thing. I mean, I would just wash, I would like sort of rotation of seven different sets of clothes for the week. But the simplicity of it allowed me to be really consistently creative because I didn't have to think about all of this stuff. And I believe there was a method to the madness. And it was kind of later, it was only more maybe in the last eight years, nine years that people have started talking about the habituals of like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Steve Jobs and one. I'm certainly not comparing myself to them, but I do think that even now when I do a lot of writing, I will have certain clothes I wear and things like that, things I don't want to think about. Hmm. You know, I, I have to admit, like I'm not crazily obsessed with that. I don't think about it. I used to. I tried getting myself into that from time to time. And then I just let it kind of naturally happen. So if I think about it, yeah, there's a regular process when I get up. I immediately hydrate, brush the teeth, use the use the facility, you know, take a piss, whatever. And then I'm going right out and I'm firing up my a special ceramic electric tea kettle because I need it hits the water at the perfect temperature as I hand grind my coffee, which has to be hand ground. And then I have a special double walled stainless steel, double filtered French press because you know it's all about quality coffee in the morning. And I haven't checked email or anything. And as long as the weather is good, I take that right outside and I, I step right into the yard and I ground myself first thing in the morning. Some people call it earthing. And that was something new that I started maybe a year and a half ago, and I added into the morning routine just to kind of reconnect with the earth. And there's a lot of science behind that, by the way. I don't know if you've ever gotten into some of that stuff with the earthing and the grounding, but they basically say that we, we wear shoes so much that we most people aren't getting, you know, standing on dirt, standing on grass, whatever. It's like, come on, guys, like, get back connected. So that's yeah, just some definitely. of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, getting grounded, like getting reconnected, I think the, the key word is grounded, or some people would call it calibration. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, whatever your term is. Yeah. But I think that, I think it's, a, I think that, uh, how do I say this? It's sort of like, you know, whether you're designing a, a party or a product or writing or whatever you're doing, whatever your day consists of, like if you're a high functioning individual, you're obviously doing something where you're going to have to make a lot of decisions. Mm -hmm. I think that people focus on the wrong thing. They're focusing on, trying to be creative where if they actually had all of the groundwork laid and everything was laid out then organically they would sort of have this opening this opening that. thing you know but yeah i think in the beginning i think everybody starts differently you know this is this is funny you're bringing this up um this is something over the past year i started saying over the show was that because we talk a lot about health and fitness and lifestyle in conjunction with entrepreneurship and business because if you're not healthy it makes your business and your professional life a lot harder whether people realize mm -hmm. it or not. So some of this is a wake-up call, but part of what you're hinting at here is like maybe not everybody understands what that flow state is or that creative phase is at. So in the beginning, I know for me a couple of years back, I used to skip, add it into my schedule. I would actually hard-code it so it would come up on my phone. I'm like, oh, I'm reminding myself, okay, unplug for the next hour and just focus on this, you know, because I am guilty of that multitasking. And some people find that to be less effective. I say, well, it depends on what you're multitasking on. But I, I, the point is, on the subject is, for me, I had to schedule it first. And then if it started feeling natural, I let it just happen. I don't schedule it anymore, right? These things just happen. I don't, I don't need it. But uh, that's because I was still trying to figure that stuff out. Uh, so I don't know yeah. if you've ever started at that level uh, or you know, wh where you came from years ago. So, 
Yeah, it is. It's like a habitual thing. I think it's like working out. Um, long time ago when I would start like training people, like especially if people like don't want to go in the gym, for example. Mm-hmm. And maybe this is kind of a, a little bit of a different analogy, but there's, there's a similar method uh, message i should say is that like uh if you literally took somebody and said you know i want you to just physically go and scan your gym card every day don't even work out <laughs> um just go in just scan it it's amazingly habitual pattern that they will organically just go to the gym after they after they even if they weren't even working out or just doing like 10 minutes of cardio or walking on a treadmill or whatever like it's just a matter of like getting somebody in a habitual routine and then after that they will organically do it but well, it's something psychologically they don't like right they're already there so it's like, it's going to exactly. be kind of hard to walk in, scan, and then look at the person at the front desk, turn right around and walk back out. <laughs> yeah. So I like that you as know, a goal though. Yeah. If you look at like, um, you know, there's a, there's a diet I used to recommend to people. I still, I, I recommend this diet probably more than anything, especially to a beginner is a, I call it a gumbo diet. Okay. And I literally, um, you get a pot, like a giant crock pot. If you're trying to just get in shape or just trying to improve your health. And if you tend to be an impulsive eater, uh, you tend to reach for snack, like whatever your kind of thing is. If it's more of a psychological game to you, you get a giant pot, you decide everything you're going to put in it. So you're going to put rice, maybe some meat, clean meats, maybe some chicken, beef, shrimp, whatever. And then uh, maybe some vegetables and you would cook this whole thing, maybe some olive oil or grass-fed butter, whatever. You would cook this thing up in this one pot, then you would put it into containers. Mm-hmm. And you would literally put the containers in your refrigerator with a spoon next to it or a fork and a napkin. You would throw every single thing else out. And that was it. And this was like, these are your three meals. Kind of like meal prep. Yeah, it's kind right? of, it's kind of going to say, it's got a meal prep-esque thing going on. So I Definitely. Like it. It's almost like a spoon. You've almost, you've actually even pre-cut the meat. So oh, wow. there's not even a cutting tool. You made like, a turnkey. It's going like this. Yeah. Right? So turnkey. And uh, once you block everything else out, like it's amazing how many people can stick with it because we've taken all of the decision-making away. There isn't a choice. There is no choice. True. Um, you've sort of burnt the boats, so to speak, when it comes to. And I've gone through those phases. I, I mean, now I, my my lifestyle is so, if you want to call it hacked down or simplified, that I mean, it's just it's funny because like this weekend we were away for a party and people like uh, my buddy was turning fifty. We had a little skiing getaway up in the mountains north of here, and uh, people are always people always ask me about what I am doing because I'm I'm the crazy health and fitness nut. And I'm like, dude, it's not rocket science, man. It's, it's eggs, bacon, you know, meat. Like I'm. I'm probably, if you want to, if you want to label me, I'm very carnivore keto, you know, whatever. Um, but that's like the whole point here is it's like, it's simple. It's not so simple. Yeah. And I'm getting nutrient dense, nutrient dense, uh, you know, n- nutrition. And it's not just food to me. People are like, well, what, well, I, I don't want to have to like think about what I'm eating all the time. And I'm like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's pretty simple stuff. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm on the same wavelength as you. And I went through the food prep thing when I was trying to figure it all out. And I used to, I never got into like counting though. Like some, everybody's in there, oh, well, what's your total carbohydrate intake? I'm like, when you're eating the right food, you don't need to count. But now granted, not everybody's at that place in the timeline yet. It's okay. You, sometimes you got to start a little bit and figure that out and learn what the math is. Yeah. So if you um, think about the concept, uh, if you were to sort of, um, to go back to this kind of original creativity point, if you would think, you know, there's this sort of a philosophy that you have a certain amount of words in a day, right? Mm-hmm. That you could talk a certain amount. Or some people say you have a certain amount of physical exertion a day. You have a certain amount, you have an allotment within a 24 hours or whatever, right? Okay. It's almost like I, I believe that a lot of people actually blow their creativity on the wrong shit. Oh, like I, would, I will back you up 110% on that one because I've done it. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's kind of like, well... They blew their creativity on what they were going to cook. They blew their creativity on what they were going to wear. They blew their creativity on this, on that, on something else, on video games, TV, 
talking about TV, some philosophy that could have happened on some show, whatever. But the, the thing of it is, it's like maybe there is, this is philosophy, maybe there is a certain allotment that we have, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think once we quiet our minds a little bit, uh, it's amazing what we actually can really produce and develop. And it's amazing what human beings are really fucking capable of. Like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's... that's why I'm so obsessed with human performance. Like, I, I've been obsessed my whole life with human performance. Yeah, let's dive into that because I'm gonna. I'll, I've been wanting to screen share your site here because your site is sweet, by the way. Because um, I love the fact you have achieve anything on the. The rotating banner is very nice. We'll we'll get into that in a second on your global contribution program and all that. Um, but obviously, you already hinted that you design your own packaging because that's your professional yeah. background. And I do, by the way, lightweight the boxing, everything on your CBD products, super super clean, very sharp, uh, very eye-catching. I love the U and H on the logo. Uh, actually, why don't you tell you what, because I, I geek out about this stuff. So give me the background on the UH logo, right? Or, the, you know, the, the you know, what's your what was your epiphany when you designed that? So the idea was is that I wanted to, first out of the gate, the whole name Ultra Human was really, uh, we actually own the registered trademark on it. And it's really to define what human is, but people sort of initially took it the wrong way. Like ultra human is like sort of more like a cyborg or people that's like biohacking <laughs> and was sort of merging this kind of creature, this robotic figure and they're becoming like this ultra. It's actually not that way. Yeah. Like the entire presence of the brand is actually about becoming more human. So what it is to be more empathetic, what it is to be more loving, what it is to be more philanthropic, what it is to connect with people. You can see right here, if you scroll right there, you see there's a box being wrapped, yes. right? And that box, actually, that is, those are my mom's hands. My mom is actually wrapping the box, then we took a picture of it. Oh, and you can even see there's a little signature on the side of the box. So we hand sign all of the boxes, original. And then they're wrapped in a specific Yuri tissue, which we import from Thailand. And oh. the tissue is a very connective tissue. Um, because once the people receive our packages and our boxes, we want them to feel connected with us. So we put a cell phones representative um, in every box so they can contact our cell phones. Oh, wow. And we also wrap our products a specific way. There's special tape that goes on it. And there's a very, it's a very intimate process uh, that originally I was criticized for because it's not very scalable. I was going to say, the, the, the efficiency guys out there are going to be hacking you on that one. It's like, wait a minute, man. How's this replicatable? But to me, I, as a branding guy, I'm like, dude, you guys are really setting yourselves apart as far as uniqueness and how you're following through on everything. Not just I. Yeah. Uh, I argued with everyone. I mean, I probably showed ten people. Some of them were investors when I was first doing it, mm-hmm. and um, I would say of ten, nine of them didn't understand why we were hand signing everything. I mean, here's a here's a amino right here, and you can see like all of our parts are hand signed yeah. right there, yeah. original with batch numbers on them. Um, it shows and even the personal touch. There's our packaging right here. Yep. All of this is actually built in golden ratio, so it's most organic to what is found in a beautiful in nature, right? Wow. And you can see the insert right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's our- You have a lot of attention to detail, my friend. <laughs> uh, and then you can see right there the hand sign and the wings. Um, see the oh, dude, the-, the wings on the side of the packaging. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is like real, you know- it's, That's commitment. There's, there's like work gone into this, right? But there's four parts of the box. The box is actually won um, two national awards. And um, we have a patent on it, like on all the design and the structural components of it. Yeah. Um, it's really gone the distance. Even actually on the, the front, it says 30 tabs, and there's actually 31 in there. To right. Sort of signify us giving that extra. You're over, extra over delivering. Yeah. Over delivering is a good way to put it. But I couldn't believe the pushback I got. I, I was so excited to actually show it to people. When I started showing it to people, they were just kind of like, this is over engineered and it's too much work to hand sign everything. But what's happening now 
um, we actually sold out of product four times last year um, <laughs> because even to a point where we actually buy, had to buy products back, I physically went to stores to buy product with a credit card to go and have people to supply the stores that were out because it became that much of a mess. And so the demand, uh, if you guys look at our social media, we don't really post on social. We don't run any advertising, no marketing right now. But our connectivity and sort of uh, how we build our relationships with people intimately, um, our clients and our athletes that we support and coaching facilities and doctors, uh, they can see that we're the real deal and we don't fuck around. You know, like whatever we do, we want to uh, well, only make the best of the best. Let, let's partially rewind back to this point about a minute ago. You, you hit on that. You know, a lot of people were criticizing you, right? Well, one thing I've learned over the years, especially in business and entrepreneurship, is that if you're shaking things up, you're going to attract the naysayers. You're going to have people questioning you because you're questioning the status quo and how things are currently done. Uh, I have another client and he had the same thing that he went to, a, he wanted to create the first sublingual B12 vitamin, meaning that you put it under the tongue because that is the best, most effective way for the average human to absorb B12. A lot of people I didn't know had a digestive issue that uh, him, the inventor himself said, he's like, he could not absorb B12 out of his stomach. So he wanted to create the sublingual. The problem is all of the current manufacturing processes required him to use some type of flow agent, and you can get this since you're making supplements, a flow agent in the process, which means that would that would put something unhealthy into the ingredient. And because he's Mr. No Sugars, man, like he owns the trademark, no sugar, no grains. I don't want any sugar in anything. I don't want any flow agents added in. So he actually, the manufacturing partner that he partnered with in California, he actually had to go buy a specific piece of equipment to make this vitamin itself because no one's ever made it like that before. So he owns the manufacturing process. He owns that machine. They just, he just has it sitting at, in their facility. Um, so that's commitment. And people look at him like, that's not scalable and you shouldn't do that. And he's like, well, I don't care. I'm, I want to prove that you can make, you know, pure vitamins. So that's why I, I, I love when I see people doing this because he's, his company keeps growing every single year. Yeah. Okay. So clearly things can't be going that bad. The problem is everybody wants the short win with crazy revenue in the first year or two. Well, one thing I've learned, and I'm interested to hear your opinion as a entrepreneur and with your company, sometimes it's better to play the long game, my friends. So where are so you long. Yeah. Dude, people are, people are fucking like, they're just, I don't know what's happened, man. You, you're hitting, you hit a soft spot with me on this. Okay? <laughs> because I, I've been in business for a long time. Every, like all of the new age entrepreneurs, like it's like speed, yeah. go scale now, go, 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 Six blow months. it up, blow it up, blow it up. Post, post, post on Instagram. No one fucking cares what the fuck you're posting. Like, I don't care what you fucking ate today. I don't give a shit. Like there's no real like authenticity there. It's about scaling and blowing shit up and making a bunch of money and that's fine. But then the problem is what are you going to do in two years? Right. What are you going to do in a year from now? I went, I was at offices in 2017. There were 20 businesses there. Mm -hmm. right now. Here we are just turned to 2020, right? Yep. I would say of the 20 businesses, I think two or three are still around. Really? What are you going to do? If you're sitting, you're listening to this right now, and you're 35 years old, and you're going to start a fucking business, you're going to make some money, your business is going to be two years old, you're going to be 37 jobless, then you're going to be 39 jobless, you're going to be 41 jobless. You're going to look at your life. Yeah, you basically what you've had is you've had a series of jobs. Mm -hmm. You've job hopped, right? Yeah, and that's case, it's like company hopping, I guess, you know, or Correct. entrepreneurial hopping. Yeah, I am not, I'm not criticizing this way. I'm saying we just have to have awareness of it. If mm -hmm. you, the real question is, do you want to be good? Do you want to be great? Or do you want to be fucking legendary? Legendary? Do you want to be leave a legacy? If you want to leave a legacy, oh, now you're hitting it, on my yeah. soft spot. That's my soft spot. Yeah, like the the depth. You have to have depth. Like yeah. this is depth. Yeah. 
I got criticized. This, this took months and months and months to design. 27 renders before this box was done. Thousands of fucking dollars, right? That's just one box. That's like, not even all your products. <laughs> that's not even all the products, right? The, but the thing is, it wasn't just done out of, uh, let's just do this for money. Like, it's about connectivity. It's about building an ecosystem, building a real tribe, a real real connection with people so that we can give them our cell phone numbers, right? Yep. And we can actually build a relationship with people. So what's happening is we've got lost in scalability. What we have to start with is intimacy. Mm -hmm. Okay? Start with our why. Start with our intimacy, like how you connect to somebody. Then we can actually scale that. We can scale intimacy because we can just hire more representatives. We can hand sign the products. I had a guy ask me, he said, well, what's going to happen if you get an order for 5,000 units? I was like, somebody's hand's going to hurt. Units. I mean, if you guys are listening, like Maker's Mark, every Maker's Mark bottle is different, right? Because it's dipped in that wax. Oh, yeah. the red wax, right? That's part of the Well, they didn't have a fucking problem. Maker's Mark is everywhere. Yeah. Every bar has Maker's Mark. I mean, unless you're at a really shitty bar. But I mean. Every has Maker's Mark. Like, you will figure it out. That is a first world fucking problem. Yeah. Like, I, that's it's ridiculous that we can't even think that way. But, I, I'm loving how passionate you are about this because it's the same thing with like Live the Fuel. I mean, I didn't expect it to get where it is today, and it's still not epically huge, but because um, it's something I want to transition on, on, I think it's important about you is the fact that, you know, on your banner on your website, you clearly care about nonprofit activities as well. And I didn't always set out to launch a nonprofit because I'm still building the, you know, the core brand. And then 2019, I launched my own nonprofit. I have my own 501c3, you know, nonprofit corporation called Fuel Foundations. I didn't originally. I was like, oh, it'd be cool one day to have a nonprofit. I've always been on the board of other people's charities and helping them and giving back because I believe in aligning success with a legacy message of giving back. And then I finally got to the point where I was helping with the, all these different projects and they didn't have charities to align with. And I could have, from a marketing standpoint, I could have helped them so much more if I had my own 513. It's like, hey, just just plug into my platform and we'll we'll do it together. I'm like, well, then fuck this, man. I'm just going to go do it myself. You know, a couple hundred dollars of the government, you, 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 you sign their paperwork and you jump through all their little circus hoops they make you go through here in the U.S. And boom, I have a yep. 501c3. Never planned on doing it. It was just a, a long-term goal. And then just one day, something clicked. And what you just said earlier about the legacy, right? That's something over three and a half years of podcasting this past year, it really clicked in my head was this is bigger than just do you have 50 listeners or, or 5,000 listeners or 5 million listeners is what is the quality of the messaging you're putting out there? And are you doing this in the interest of legacy, in the interest of a long-term approach? And that's that's where I'm at. So I love it because that's why I said you hit on the soft spot. Like legacy started clicking, man, hard in the past year. And I could totally yeah, yeah, see yeah, that yeah. something to you. So. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I say this very aggressively, like move me. Yeah. Move me. Don't don't say I made a million dollars. Don't do shit anymore. Yeah. The world's changing. Yeah. We're actually getting more self-actualized. There's sort of the world split. People are becoming more conscious to what actually value is. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not shit. Million dollars ain't shit. Yeah. Like, it's I look at it that it's it's move me. What is that what is one thing that's really priceless in this world? Art, a lot of art is like prices. Like literally, True. they don't even know how to price this fucking shit. I don't, even, a, I don't understand how the fuck they emotion. price it. I was just like, it's, how is this shit worth millions of dollars? It's, but <laughs> It's great. Yeah, I know. And a lot. It's hard to explain. It's hard to understand in some case, you know? But it's like, you know, you look at all the limited edition stuff like that. Like, give me something that emotionally sparks something inside of me. If I ever make a product which you open up and you're not moved or you feel like an immediate emotional connection non-emotional connection to it like i fucked up yeah like that's the entire premises brand i don't do it 
this is our pet CBD, for example. Yep. Right. And we, uh, when I built this, I was inspired actually by a real dog. Right. And these are all hand signed too. But even the side panel, it caused me a lot of headache to do this. Oh, to but have it open this, like a door. Uh, yeah, it was like this door right here. Yeah. Oh, I like and the cut out paw, now. dude. Yeah, that's right? awesome. And the foil touch, right? Yeah. But it was, and there's even like a little paw right here. Yeah. But all of this stuff, like detail, when people open it, it's like I'm saying not only something about my company, I'm saying something about how much I care about your dog. Right. And then on top of that, we have right here purpose over profits. That's our trademarked yes. logo, right? And we're donating money to from our products to. Uh, no kill animal shelters now. So right? how, how did you do that? Can I pause on that? Because like I know, well, well, before I launched my foundation, I decided to convert my company and everything I do into a for-purpose business model. So I started in the beginning just with like one percent of gross profits. Actually, no, mm -hmm. not even profits. I, I went total gross income. I just started transferring every month one percent into a, a special account, and then once there was a good amount of money there, I would just donate it to a nonprofit until I started my own foundation. Now. I'm at 5% of all gross income goes into the foundation. So I'm actually self-actualizing my own foundation. Even if nobody mm -hmm. else donates, I'm donating. <laughs> so yeah. how, are you hard coding it? How do you, how do, how do you guys do it? So right now we just started this program. We, so we just launched these CBDs. So we did the first round to test it, to get out there. Okay. So as we're now like on our third batch, we just started launching this program and we'll take a piece of all the profits. Now it will usually be about a dollar. It's yeah. approximately a dollar, but it varies whether it's a wholesale account or a direct consumer account, right? Okay, makes and it's sense. a pretty inexpensive product. Like some wholesale accounts are paying between fifteen and nineteen dollars for this product. Yeah. So that's a dollar is quite a lot of money, actually, is what it is. And then we'll take that just at the end of a period of thirty days, sixty days, ninety days, is we'll start to take that and just literally cut a check to uh, an organization that is fully transparent and we can support them. Yeah, I noticed you had a separate. You actually even have a separate site here I'm, for ladies and gentlemen listening. I'm sharing now the ultrahumancbds.net, and that's where you have your obviously your human consumable CBD and then the pet CBD. So, uh -huh. yeah, we did it on a separate site just due to uh, credit card processing. I'm like, so all you guys are listening. I'm extremely, extremely transparent. Um, some people get a little bit of the wrong idea about us because we do not disclose the exact amino acid formulation, for example, besides that formulation, uh -huh. which is proprietary. I'm as transparent as it gets. I'll tell you guys openly what cost of goods are. I'll send you guys C of A's if you want. Nice. I don't give a shit. I, I give you my cell phone number if you want. I don't, <laughs> I don't hide anything because um, there's nothing really to hide. Like There's nothing that you would see that we do that's gray or anything we do with well, I know, uh, I know our boy Justin's a big fan of your amino code. So he's been trying that out. So um, That's and, definitely the real deal. I mean, I, I remind people all the time, like, and I mean, I mean, you know, transparency, right? You know, EAAs and BCAAs. I tell people all the time, like, what is a supplement, right? The whole point here is, is you're going to supplement what could be lacking in your nutritional dietary practices. And nowadays, unfortunately, a lot of people are lacking in certain vitamins, minerals, and even, you know, something at like an amino, because depending on what, if you're eating a lot of manufactured shit, which the average American definitely is, you're going to need to do this. If you're trying to become a fitness nut and you haven't figured out your nutrition, yeah, you're probably gonna be supplementing with a, with, I hope a quality amino acid, because people need to remind that if you're doing strength training and I, I've used aminos, uh, when I've done like a CrossFit competition, I've done three to four workouts in the same day. Well, yeah, I'm actually supplementing an amino in between a couple of those workouts because that's my fastest deliverable to help my muscles recover because that's actually what your muscles need, not the, oh, I got I to gotta pump down my protein. I'm like, well, no, your muscles actually need the amino acids. So <laughs> I'm intrigued to hear your feedback on that. So, 
Yeah, if you guys are, uh, if you guys are kind of basic 411 information, I should say, I would share with you on proteins. I mean, you think about the concept of this in simplicity, you consume a protein, whether it's food or a shake, and here's a protein which is filled with amino acids, a basic amino acids chain, right, which are all yep. bonded to create this protein. Now, all the stomach acids, enzymes, all this entire process and all the blood that has to go there now has to break down this protein into separate amino acids. Yep. So these, the protein breaks down the chain. By the time you've gone through this entire process, a very slow, exhaustive process, right? Mm -hmm. Now the amino acids can rebuild and form into uh, human muscle tissue, keratin, collagen, whatever that may be, right? Mm -hmm. So like this is our amino acid formulation. And we basically, it's comprised around the exact same ratios of free form amino acids that uh, make up human muscle tissue. So what happens is when you drink it, the amino acids are already broken down, they're free form, they're accessible, and they can just assimilate immediately. They don't require uh, the amount of body's physiological work to break it down. And um, it's instantly in your system. There's probably 75, 80% less calories to it. There's no allergens or very few allergens, I should say. Uh, no lactose, no bloating, no really enzymatic processes your body really needs to go through anything major. So it's just a superior uh, way of getting recuperation and getting a higher nitrogen retention without having to go through the entire exhaustion. Well, and that's, that's something I remind people of too is because I do support supplementation, you know, when appropriate. And granted, I'm very whole food and stuff, but like I tell people all the time, like, yeah, the problem with the protein market is there's so much bastardized protein um, so that it, it is so overly manufactured that you are dealing with lactose issues and you are dealing with your body's ability to break it down. And more often than not, it's like, it's like a crappy centrum multivitamin that's on the market, right? Like you're going to pee out most of the crap because your body was never able to absorb a significant percentage of what you actually needed because it's so overly manufactured. So I'm mm -hmm. a big fan of this. So yeah, definitely. I mean, like, and these aren't too, you can see on the website right there, 3995 um, our cost of goods is really high. Like normal amino acid that sells for 30 to 40 bucks, cost of goods is between three and six. Mm. Our cost of goods on these um, is around 17 bucks, 18 bucks. And uh, we do free shipping. So we literally make pennies on the dollar, especially with wholesale accounts. We only make a couple dollars actually on the product. Yeah. We focus more on volume. But um, well, I noticed you yeah, have a subscription model too, which I think time. is smart, you know. Um, a lot of people don't, I, I'm a big fan of subscriptions. I, I think half of what I get now is like, I'm a, I mean, my client who has the vitamin company, I buy his coffee from his coffee's company. I mean, it's all like, Hey man, just every 90 days, send me my vitamins every month, send me my coffee. Um, because you know, back, if we go full circle back to earlier in the show, I guess those are other hacks of mine, right? It's like, all right, let's simplify the things that I love to consume and I don't have to think about it. So like, yeah, let's, this is automated. So. <laughs> yeah, we do subscription models on them. For you guys, and it, it obviously provides you a discount, so it costs you thirty five ninety five. Um, That's a good discount every day, and it comes packed. I mean, it's it's really great. We do money back guarantee on everything. We literally get no returns. We have probably the lowest return rate in any company right now. Um, and then you guys can reach out to us. We can literally. In fact, I'm going to leave a cell phone number right now live on this podcast six one four four two five zero three three four. That's six one four four two five zero three three four. That is Jonathan Williams' cell phone number. There you go. Uh, he's not going to get mad at me for posting that. He's my <laughs> client representative, so he will actually. You can call him right now if you want and say, "Hey, I'm interested in all treatment products. Have some questions. It costs." I'm going to stalk you now. I got your phone number <laughs> to to talk with the Jonathan, and you can ask him anything you want. And then all of our products too. You know, another perk with all of them: um, no artificial colors, flavoring, sweetening, non-GMO, gluten-free. The products are squeaky clean. We use like beets. 
uh, baked carotene and like red cabbage to like color them. Yeah. And then we sweeten them with only stevia and monk fruit. Um, and they're in, they, they instantly mix. They taste excellent. We have some of the best flavor specialists. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a big products. no sugar guy, but I tell people sometimes on the supplementation, you got to have a little bit of something for palatability. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I, I know if, if my client was listening to this right now, uh, Vinny would disagree, but it's like, again, I, I have to also keep in mind, you know, we got to adapt to the masses, right? You're trying to baby step people to a better product, a better solution. Not everybody is at my nutritional level or, and I wasn't this way, you know, three, four to five years ago. Right. So we all keep stepping down the pike. So I would definitely be consuming something like this versus some no brain thing off of a Walmart grocery store shelf or department store shelf, whatever Walmart is nowadays. I don't know what that place is. I don't go there. Yeah, <laughs> um, definitely. But like when my own mother says, Oh, well the doctor told me to take protein and I'm like, okay, well, what do you want to get on the phone call? I'll help you figure out what to get. And, and she's like, no, I just went to Walmart and got it. I'm like, Oh, you're, you're killing me, mom. <laughs> I was like, don't buy that crap. It's awful. You, you got yeah, to sell really, on that like, show. It's amazing. I, I'm not even picking any particular products or stores, but I mean, the supplement market is really, really, really fucked. Yeah. Um, well, it goes back to your point really earlier. Like, those are those flash in the pan companies. These, these supplement companies come out of nowhere, sell the shit out of it on Instagram and Facebook, and then two years later, they're gone because they didn't build yeah. a sustainable business. Because they're not, they're not selling supplements. They're a marketing company. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing to – if you look at an energy drinks, energy drinks this – is, this is coming from Monster, the company Monster. Oh. Okay, Monster openly says – we are not a drink company. We're not an energy drink company. No. We're a marketing company. Yeah. They're a marketing company. It's what they do, right? So the same thing here is like these companies come, it's about marketing. Or if they sell products on Amazon, it's like how do you rank the highest? Cost of goods has to be below $3, blah, 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 blah. Like there's sort of a system to it. And, and that's a difficult thing. Now, there's not the regulations that there are with like things like building a vehicle. I mentioned this a lot on Justin's show actually, is that if you were to make a car, there would be like sort of regulations for safety, for example, right? Okay. Or efficacy. Like it's very difficult to buy a bad vehicle. Even if you bought like a low cost starting $15,000, $20,000 vehicle, it's going to drive. It's going to be okay. It's going to be safe. It's going to have airbags. It's going to have seatbelts. Oh, yeah. Work. They had to evaluate it for safety. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The problem with supplements are if you just go buy some cheap shit, it's not going to do anything. I mean, I, I literally think I'm being really generous by saying this. I think only 3% of supplements actually do anything. I, to be honest, I think it's less than 1%. I will agree so with I you. I tend to, I hover in markets that I don't like. Yeah. I make supplements because I don't like supplements. <laughs> I threw parties because I didn't like the state of like events. Yeah. But people don't sometimes want to go the distance because there's sort of a mediocrity like that'll do. Type but see, and, and that's why I like where you're yeah. going here is you're not trying to per se please the masses. It, I can tell just like you, like not everybody out there was, can afford or have the vision to even want to hire somebody to throw epic parties like you did. Well, I've seen this with the supplement market as well. You have the flash in the pan, try and make everybody happy and convince all the people who don't know anything to buy your stuff. And then you have, I like to call it the elite level, right? People that actually give a crap to the point where you, you give this much of a crap about your packaging, which I love. But it's like, okay, let's let's build something that is sustainable. I'm not gonna try and appease the entire population of the world, you can clearly tell that you're probably trying to target the people that actually have a little bit of a clue and are looking for the better quality. Like, I'm not saying that you're trying to be the Audi over the Volkswagen, but I don't know. Uh-huh. Maybe you are. <laughs> it's, you know, here's, here's the other thing though, too. It's like, I think that there's, I think the the statement that I wake up with every day is be so good. They can't ignore you. Hmm. I, I'm going to be very honest with you. Like 20 years in business, I am horrible at advertising. 
I'm horrible. I don't know how to fucking advertise, but I've never had to do it. So right. I was putting 3,000, 4,000 people in a building with no marketing or advertising spend. But the events were good enough that the word would spread and people were like, dude, you have to go to this event. The power so same thing not, if this amino acid I make is that good, if it's that good and we can get like top level athletes on it, then everybody else will go on it. If it's good enough for a Tiger Woods, a Michael Phelps, a LeBron James, uh, we recently shipped a care package to no names mentioned, but some of the cast of Game of Thrones uses my products now, right? Hmm. Like these guys are using them consistently. They love the products. So now uh, we got all of those other people and all these high level elite trainers and doctors that are referring this business. And that's how we grow it. So it's again, be so good. They can't ignore you. Yeah. Don't, we don't take any shortcuts in any of this type of stuff. And that's like the method behind the madness. And we don't, the funny thing is we don't really focus on a demographic. Like I'm here to produce something because mm -hmm. I produce this yeah, and it's kind of like, it's a piece of art to me. Like it's for the world. Yeah. If you want it, we're here, but we don't, we don't sell product. We produce it. Mm -hmm. And if you're interested, great. And if it's not your cup of tea, totally cool. But for those that are looking for, you know, a really, really buttoned up nootropic or really buttoned up amino, we are your cup of tea. And that's what we want to be. We're just that with a group of people that sits there like, hey, look, you can build a trust, you build a foundation, like we're no bullshit, shoot you straight, here's your C of A's, whatever you want. We have a multi-million dollar insurance policy on all of our stuff. We have a medical doctor that oversees everything, that signs off on all of our products. Like, we're here. You know, we're not offended. If somebody looks at our products and says, look, they're a little bit pricey or they're not available in my state and I want to go to a store, like, totally understandable. Yeah, but see, I agree with that because this goes back to marketing and advertising 101. If you're trying to advertise to the world, you will go broke. You have to niche yourself. I mean, this is one of the biggest secrets to entrepreneurship and business. You could speak to this if you've already done it, right? I'm, I'm not trying to make everybody happy. I'm trying to put out a quality product. I have some epic packaging. And you actually care about giving back along the way. But you're not, like you said, you're not out there advertising to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You know, you're trying to niche yourself. And that's what more people need to be doing. We said it earlier in the show. Some people want to launch a company, make millions of dollars in the first year or two. And then all of a sudden, you, you give them maybe a year or two. And now they're going to go on that show uh, Shark Tank because they grow too, too big too fast. And they lost all their quality. And now they need money. So they're going to the sharks to try and save their save their business. Yeah, that's how I look at that show sometimes. But <laughs> you know, it's um, I think like there's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to your show, and I'm just sharing this with you. I'm just talking to you guys, yeah. like with you guys as like a friend. Okay, that at the end of the day, it is really, really, really hard to make an exceptional product, and I'm going to tell you why. If you have an idea. And you take the idea and you start to go out there, right? Like this box. I was like, I have this idea for this box. Uh, or there's a new product I'm working on right now that I had a concept for. And if I look at these two examples, it was almost impossible to get a designer that really wanted to work on the project because it was so extensive. Hmm. It was almost impossible to get a packaging group that wanted to build it because it was too complicated. We, got, we, lo we lost a bunch of relationships with packaging companies because they just didn't want to do it. Or the product I'm working on now, um, in 20 years, I've never had this happen which is I literally got dumped by my manufacturer because Wait, they basically- your current manufacturer? No, this is another manufacturer I started working with on a new project. Oh, okay. And the manufacturer called me one day and said like, look, we can't build this. It's too hardcore. Like it's that's too what much. They, that's what they like, told my client. It's same thing. They basically said, yeah, they were like, like, here's the deal. You got too many imported materials. Your testing is too extensive. Mm -hmm. um, this is way above our pay grade to make this product. 
Like it's going to cost too much to make. It's too detailed. Yeah. It's did, above, they bring, like, did they bring up they wanted you to white label? That's something that we oh, heard. Oh, they're like, of. nobody. They, yeah, they were like, oh, you could white label something. I'm yeah. like, no. Just like, take something you, off I, of our shelf like, and put your name on it. It'll be fine. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I actually have an extract um, that's in this product that I'm sourcing from an exact region within Thailand. Like it has to be from yeah. this exact region. And they said, look, we can't get that. It's too complicated. The importing and fucking headache. And, and I said, nope. So we went to another manufacturer that said they agreed to do it when the process of building it right now. Mm-hmm. But it goes to show you why. The reason I'm sharing the story is that this is 27 renders to get this done. We were ready to print a render number six. I went a whole other 21 renders, right? Yeah. But that's why we, you know, have awards. That's why we can walk into a store now. So there is a there is a benefit to building a product and quickly putting it on the market, not caring. Obviously, you could start turning numbers very fast. But again, if you want to play the long-term game, if you are wanting to, you know, play in the game for 10 years, 20 years, and really build like a true ecosystem and something connects with people, something that can move people or push the world forward, you're going to have to go the distance. And to do that, the world is going to fight you. Hmm. I'm going to say this again. You want to build something exceptional or original. The world is going to fight you, is going to push, give you pushback. From a spiritual sense, from a flow state sense, you will actually have a very easy time because it's going to organically you're going to be sort of floating down the river. It's, yeah, you're going to feel storms, <laughs> Yeah, and this, but the storms will come. Yeah. So if you're throwing an event, and like you see a lot of pyrotechnics, for example, like in the parties I throw, I got a lot of pushback for doing that. It's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of insurance. It's a lot Liabilities, of Liabilities, yeah. Liability, but it's worth it. And if you want to build an extensive packaging or a unique product or you have something different, um, you're going to get pushback. Same way that Tesla did, same way that Apple did, same way any of these companies did. I love pyrotechnics, by the way. I'm just doing some more. I mean, look here. at this stage in this picture. Like, we don't have to do that. No. There's no, there's, there's, I don't have to do it. Would you hire acrobats? But I do it. Yeah, we would be packed whether we did it or not. But the thing <laughs> is, is that it's, it's pushing the limits. So when people do come the following year, they, people talk about it all year, you know? Yeah. That's wild. A good party people talk about for a couple days. People go back to work on Monday. I went to this party this weekend. It was fucking good. A great party or an exceptional party, people talk about until the next year. Wouldn't so you what's consider it that uh, Burning Man? Burning Man, yeah. Right? Burning Man sells out in like, what, an hour? Yeah. And all the all, and nowadays, it's funny because like all the top scientists and like almost there's now companies recommending that they send their higher level personnel there. Almost like a yeah. company retreat. And we're like, I read these articles. I'm like, what? But- you know, it's it's at a whole different level, and then people can't wait for the following year. Yeah, yeah. Make you know, it's, it has to start with the product. Like, make a really, really exceptional product. We just lost this because everybody's trying to be entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. People don't understand what it is to be an entrepreneur. What it is, you are not a fucking CEO. You are just a, a guy. You're an artist. You're a builder. You're a kid. You're a kid playing sticks and stones with a dream. You want to make something. Then you are an entrepreneur. But like people think it's about making cash, driving Lambos. It's not how this works. Well, you'll appreciate <laughs> this. So, um, a, a, actually, like an, an old colleague of mine. I didn't want to call myself a CEO. I, I was calling myself the you know a founder you know for a long time because I was doing something different. And my buddy's like, and then I called myself. Uh, oh, I was like, I, I thought I'd try out uh, CAO, Chief Adventure Officer, because I just love living life to the fullest, being an adventurer. And my buddy reaches out to me. I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and he saw it on LinkedIn, and he goes. Why don't you consider Intrepid? I'm like, what do you mean? 
He's like, you can have a play on that. You could take the E out of Intrepid and make that the E in your CEO. But he's like, look up the definition and tell me I'm wrong. And I looked it up and Intrepid defined is fearless, adventurous. You know, I was like, oh, so I, I am a CEO, but I make sure it's defined as chief intrepid yeah. officer. I'm not some chief executive officer. But I was like, you know, it, that goes back to obviously surrounding the right people in your relationships. And that guy's always been like, he always like cut right to the chase with me, super smart programmer guy. And he just like, yeah, I, I see being more intrepid officer. And I'm like, so I've been using that ever since. I told, I told him, like, shout to John Babs if he ever listens to this episode. That's the guy, man. Uh, he and I ran our first, my first marathon together back in 2008. He's he's a he's a big six foot four. He was a two hundred and sixty five pound rugby player, and this guy's out running uh, marathons. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. amazing, right? But it's like it's having the right people to call you on that shit, right? It's like, all right, don't be a CEO, chief executive officer. There's enough of those in the world. I like that point. Yeah, it's like you know, I mean, it's no. If somebody if somebody is a CEO, I mean, I'm technically a CEO, founder of my company. Sure. It's fine. I think we have to redefine also what CEO is. Like, I think it's funny how many people say to me, oh, you're a CEO, you have like this certain life. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not, I still design my stuff. I still talk to customers. I mean, yeah. I was at an event this weekend. It's like, I still connect with like the consumers because I think people lose sight of what's really going on. Another I think you have to have your to the ground. How many people know? become leaders of a company and they lose touch with the front line of yeah. the company? Like, when was the last time you stepped foot, sat back in a customer service phone call chair, for example, and then fielded calls, right? Like that's, I don't see that being a problem with your company because you clearly are giving out people's cell phones and everything. So, <laughs> no, we, I'm all about that front line. Like I never wanted, I don't care how big this company gets. We're not losing touch with reality. Like you have to really stay connected to that. So even with doing events, like the events got so big and they just kind of, they grew like this. Yeah. And they skyrocketed, but I would still really listen to like the public. And I, I never forget this. Like I had a couple of bad, they weren't bad. They weren't my best music sets. And I had a guy in Vegas come up to me randomly. I was at uh, surrender, I think in the wind. And he's like, Hey man, um, you're Jason Deere. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, Hey, listen, I went to your party in Columbus. Everything was amazing. But I think your music was like a little bit off. And I'm like, yeah, I know that we had some issues with some stuff, but I really listened to it. And so I actually gave the guy my number. I said, listen, next year, I'm going to give you two VIP tickets to this event. And I want you to give me feedback and tell me if you think I fixed it. And we were, I was probably already nine or 10 years into doing events at this point. Yeah. I don't really we have major sponsors. Like I could just have this fucking giant ego, like screw yeah. you, who the fuck you tell me what to do. Right. <laughs> but I really paid attention to it. And he actually did. He actually called me and said, like, dude, it was amazing. I think it, it was definitely a huge improvement. So you can only get better and the products have to continue to get better. Well, we uh, you, you just dropped a huge bomb for the listeners is uh, is the power of the voice of the customer. And that actually goes full back to earlier in the show when you were talking about you don't spend a lot of time and money on advertising because you have word of mouth, which is the most cost-effective and free form of advertising and marketing you could ever have. You build an epic rate, re reputation based on quality customer service, quality products, innovation. The word will spread. It will happen. You know, it can't hurt to throw yeah, a little the, advertising out there once in a while, but, you know, let the reputation sell it. Definitely. The market will tell you, like, I think that that's, we don't listen to consumers. If all the consumers say, I mean, there's a, there's a little bar down the street here, right? Like the fucking service sucks there. Everybody knows the service sucks there. We all know this, right? Like, but it's like, they just don't want to, no, no, no. Like they're just, they're in fucking denial about yeah. it. Well, you keep being in denial, you'd be out of business. 
I mean, that's the reality of like people went on board with the internet. How many fucking businesses went out? Oh my god! Like how many businesses did Amazon killed? People oh, yeah. like, oh fuck Amazon. Well, they fucking took you out of business, yeah. right? So and they're still taking companies out of business. Yeah, yeah. You can never be, and I understand. And sometimes you're going to get feedback that's not true. But here's here's a great way of looking at this. Let's just say you're selling something for like fifty dollars, and the consumers are saying, "Guy, oh, we think that the price point's too high." There's two ways of looking at it. Maybe the price points they are telling the truth. Maybe the price points are, are too high and you have to lower it, $39.95. Maybe there's another way of looking at it. You haven't built the value. You haven't educated them on the value of buying it. Maybe the product actually could sell for $80. True. But the problem is, is that you haven't explained to them why it's $50 value. Somewhere along the lines, though, you have to access that there is a problem. You have not optimized and maximized this relationship with the consumer actually activating, converting, and buying your products, right? Well, so You're telling the story right now of Yeti coolers. Right, like uh-huh. it's a cooler. You know, you, you put some beer in it, you put some booze in it, whatever. You go camping with it. It's a cooler, but I mean, you're right, it's a very well engineered cooler. The style is awesome. Yeti has built a great brand to justify their pricing. I, I own because I own Yetis. I'm like, it's I buy the I buy custom Yeti mugs for my clients. Like, I'm a big fan of Yeti. There's other brands like Arctic and everything else, but they built a true story, a lifestyle brand behind the name. So people mm-hmm. like me don't care if we pay a premium for that. Yeah, because there, there is a story. People like buy into that because again, people want the intimacy. Yeah, they always say it's about the story. People want intimacy. This is the problem with scalability. It's only going to get fucking worse. It's a line like this. Draw a line right now. This is business yeah. in twenty twenty. The United States, right here on this side, is all big brother corporations. They have no fucking talent. They have no artistic creativity. They have no story. They don't care. It's a bunch of people money around. fucking suits. They just throw money around. They once you buy out these guys, these guys took their grandmother's recipe. They took the little knitting needles and they built something that's fucking amazing, right? They have a story, a message. This happened to me. I got stuck on the side of the road and that's why I created this special car jack. Like these old things go on Shark Tank. Oh yeah. Think about the concept of Shark Tank. Shark Tank is this guy talking to this guy. That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. It's one hour of that guy talking to that guy. And then what happens is a lot of the message gets bastardized and then the fucking company just goes and spirals whatever. Yeah. But the, the long-term approach of it, when you really look at it, so the world is changing. And that these some of these smaller companies, um, they are standing their ground and they are doing the right thing. And obviously, eventually, Big Brother can come in and step in. It's, sure. It could happen to us. And that's, it's a hard thing to turn down. What the fuck are you going to do? Yeah, someone comes out I, and says, hey, man, I got $50 million for your company. It's, it's like, well, that's a, it's a nice nut. But what, it, I mean, I, what is your, what's your cut point on keeping your story alive? And the brand alive, right? Look at look at metrics. It's a company called Metrics, right? Oh, metrics God. built um, like metamycin protein. Like this is mm-hmm. way back in the day. So there's a guy called Scott Connolly, starts in metrics, built this protein. He was a burn patient's victim, uh, doctor, went to Harvard, right? Yeah. And um, did all this research and said this metamycin, this exact blend of protein, was the best for healing and recovery, right? Then he sold the company, got a massive fucking nut of cash. Then all of a sudden, they, he's like, I refuse to sell straight away. He, he was running ads saying, do not take straight away. Do not, it's bad. Do not take straight away. Yeah. The company comes in, buys them out, immediately puts straight away in the market. Yeah. So it's hard. Completely like, against everything that he stood for. Yeah. I mean, I make this product. Like, I don't, you know, we use a very small amount of hoopazine in it because I think too high of hoopazine is dangerous on it. Yeah, I'm, nah, I'm still new but, to that stuff. I've been studying that. That's, like, I, that's what Justin and I started talking about first was that because uh, I tried a product and it was very uh, edgy. That's that's all I yeah. could think of when it, when I took it. I felt very edgy. 
Yeah, some of these ingredients, for example, like who's to say somebody doesn't come in and try and buy us out for that? So like, I'm willing to take lesser, uh, if, if it ever happened, I would take less money ethically or just not sell uh, rather than just bastardize what the brand is. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, Amelia, I took Hooperzine. I forget what the name of the product was, but I, I think I heard about it on actually Joe Rogan's show. And I think I said, you know what, let me order it. I'll try it out. And then I had another guy on the show. Actually, I showed you his stuff before we started the show today. And he was like, dude, he's like, that's too much of a dose. He's like, I would not recommend that high of a dose. You know, he's like, you can use who yeah. safely. A lot of people are trying to maybe put too much in. So it's interesting Smart, that you bring up the same thing. Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, I'm, I'm not trying to pitch anybody on our products that's listening to this. I know we've kind of come full circle back to yeah. this for a second. I, the, I wanted to because uh, I thought it was products, important. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what Hooperzine is, so... Uh, Hoopazine actually uh, basically lengthens the life of choline in your system, right? So it stacks really well with a choline sauce, which you see we have alpha GPC, mm -hmm. which is a really, really great form of choline, um, which is almost like brain food, right? Yeah. So ultimately, though, the problem is all these people are using a really high dose of Hoopazine, but because the research shows that, you, you know, it's effective in specific dose. The problem is they're not telling you is that if you go further into the research, it is actually becoming dangerous if you use it for longer than four weeks, six weeks at a time, right? Yeah. Or you have to use a really small amount. So I, I'm openly telling you, even though it's not disclosed right here, but we use only 50 micrograms of Hoopazine just because this way you can use it for a longer period of time. Yeah. Um, if you use two a day, you're getting 100. But people are using 200, 400. I get that that's an effective level, but what is the long-term consequences? So a lot of these products are designed, um, for example, like our aminos, you know, are they safe enough for a two-year-old, four-year-old, but are they strong enough for a professional athlete? Sure. And when we design a product, when I go through this whole process, it is a long, exhaustive process, not just like, let's just fucking throw this together. Well, that's why like, I brought why this back up. All of these ingredients are here, like what goes in there, how it works together. So if anybody reaches out to us and says, Jason, I want to know why you use whole green tea versus like just green tea extract, there is a method to the madness. Hmm. Or why we use a certain you know, why we use alpha GPC over CDB choline for you guys that are really geeks, right? Like, we, I love those conversations. Like, I got a few a geeks in my that. listenership, I, I guarantee it. <laughs> you know, whether guys, you want to, whether you want to call like, them biohackers or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> but, but that, that's because that's why, that's why I wanted to bring it back to this is because I just want to reiterate, like, you brought this up numerous times throughout the show, and I, I want to celebrate this is the fact that you're, you could tell, you're annoyingly patient because <laughs> you're like, all right, dude, let's, let's, let's just analyze the shit out of this and we don't need to take the shortcut here. Let's, let's really make sure we're putting out the right thing. And again, you know, transparency guys, I've never taken any of his products. I just really appreciated learning how detail oriented you were. And some people, again, you said this, some companies might look at you and be like, what are you doing? You could be making so much more money. We could have, you could have already made this much by now, blah, 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 blah. But then would you, would you, love your product as much would you love your brand as much and i think that's something to be taken under advisement for any entrepreneur out there or any product inventor doing that yeah stop when you wake it. up every day you have to look at yourself in the mirror yep you know what i mean sure. i could look at myself straight and be like I, i'm fucking straight dude yeah like when it comes to this like i'm cool with that like if i'm i don't know how people do it i think it eats at you that goes into that's a whole other discussion. Oh, there's it's a whole like other podcast live. on the psychology that's of entrepreneurship because, like, the stress levels alone. <laughs> yeah, like you have to eat, you have to deal with that. Like, whether you cheat, lie, steal, or do whatever, like, what's the fucking difference? Yeah. If I if I don't put an ingredient in my brand, but I say it's on the label, that's fucking theft. Yeah. That's lying. Yeah, that's false advertising. So. 
Yeah, and you have to, and you know it. Like you know, in the back of your mind, you have to now convince yourself that it was okay. And blah, blah. you should spend the rest of your okay. It's going to haunt you ten years, fifteen well, years from now. And that is a so scary fact, right? Because unfortunately, you know this: the supplemental industry here in the U.S. is not officially governed. That's the scary part. Yeah. I'm always trying to teach that to people. Like you got to find the right people who give a shit because. The FDA and all those governmental organizations you think is looking after you, no one's really officially looking after the supplemental industry. It's still very cowboy. I mean, there's a yeah. certain level of overview, but not as much as you think. So absolutely, and that's and I think too, um, yeah, there is. It, so you really have to build trust. Like this is why I put myself out there a lot, and I encourage my team. This is why I'm leaving Jonathan's phone number on here because. We want to build that trust like one thing at a time. Like I don't, I don't want anybody to just automatically trust anybody. Like, you don't have to trust me. Yeah. Just give us a shot. Like, you know, try some of our products. If you don't like them, we'll give you money back. Reach out to me. Get to know me. Get to know a staff. Like, yeah. Like, if you were hiding, <laughs> if you were hiding behind a contracted call center relationship in like the Philippines, people would never be able to get far enough into the customer service. Uh, dwelling so to speak of your company to to get any legitimate support because unfortunately a lot of companies have just gone to the contract level of customer service and then you never get to anybody who has really any real impact or any real care they're just yeah. surface level exactly and the other thing too um thank you you're right it's it's taking a lot of these layers out between mm -hmm. the company and the consumer we're cutting all the layers out the other thing is it's proximity right the other thing is that you mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago about about the depth and the sort of being paranoid about the products. Like yeah. there was a uh, post recently that went on online about, um, I think it was from Tesla, from Elon Musk talking about how his one question of whether they hire somebody or not. Please don't quote me on this exact because I didn't, didn't get to all the things. But no the thing is, he was explaining that you know when somebody really knows this shit is not when you could get an answer from them. You ask them a question, get an answer, is that you ask them how they got the answer. Uh -huh. So the thing is, is that if this took me 27 renders, I went such a far distance, right? So I've gone through all of those problems up until then. Same thing with the amino acids, same thing with any of the products. Like the reason I believe in going the distance is so that we have depth. We can really answer any questions of why there's that much hupazine, why there's that much alpha GPC, because we've gone there, tested it, and done it. We've gone to the bottom of the ocean and we've literally scraped it. And we know every single thing that's sitting in there. So now we can be fully transparent with confidence. We don't have to hide something and we can provide a, a premium product and service. Well, know? let's be real. Let's go back to the psychology and what you just said. Uh, this is actually a great way as we're approaching the end of the show because it's like, guys, like how bulletproof is your mindset, right? Like you, it's, it's like you're running... I'm not saying there's no fear in business. There's always going to be some level of fear. There's going to be some opportunity to improve. There's going to be mistakes made. But some of the things you dropped on today's show, it's like you're removing a lot of big factors that are never a big factor <laughs> because you already got, got past that. Like, okay, go ahead. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Nope, you're never going to be able to call me on this. Like, that's the point of this too is like no. you're trying to build a business that also is not going to stress you out. Yeah, it's not stressful at all. Like we go to a show, there's nothing to hide. I don't care. Like I'm happy to post. Um, I'm happy to post like what we pay for shit. Yeah. Who who in a in any business right now openly says this is what this costs me? I have no problem. I will tell everybody yeah. this is what this costs. This is what our bags costs. We get them. This is what our powders cost. This product right here. They hide their manufacturer. This is made at JW Nutritionals in Allen, Texas. There you go. I'm telling you yeah. right now. You pull them up right. 
like tell them make all human pride. I don't give a shit. Like, but the, the thing of it is, is that we don't have to hide anything. Yeah. I know you want to copy it. Go ahead. Like, it's expensive to do. I know what it costs to throw one of those events. I know what it costs to do. I'm not saying this arrogantly. I'm saying it actually humbly. Yeah. That once you, once you build something that's real deal and you're proud of it, you should share it. And that is sort of now a medium that you can connect with people on and you can really enhance people's lives. At the end of the day, my industry has been very good to me. And I sort of owe something back to the industry and I owe something back to the consumer. I feel that. And I've sort of become a person that uh, values uh, God and my place in this world. And, you know, one of my biggest things that I'm talking about now, I'm traveling, doing seminars on consciousness, right? Being aware. So the brand itself isn't fueled by uh, money or ego or anything. It is really like, I just want to, this is what my skill set is. This is what my art is. This is how I can connect with people and hopefully enhance people's lives. You know, and if I can, if I can leave the world a little bit better than when I came into it, I think I've done all right. Well, I think that's where we all should end up. I think once you've reached that point, and I hope some people reach that point faster uh, than like you and I, we all reach that point back to that earlier point on legacy, right? Well, how are you leaving the world behind? And what is the impacts we're leaving? Hopefully not negative, hopefully positive. Um, well, listen, I want, I want to make sure we give you a proper goodbye off the air, but also I actually I usually ask my guest co-host to help close the show out with some final words, but you just left some pretty inspirational ones. Is there anything you want to do to polish that up a little, or are you pretty good at that? I'm probably pretty good with that. Um, I think I'd like to just give a shout out to anybody right now. Um, I was recently on Justin show. I did the same thing. And I really want to give a shout out to people out there that if you're in the process of designing something, building something or changing your life in some way, whether it's uh, reconnecting to loved ones or whether it's uh, getting in shape or there's building a product, like just really stay the course guys. Like it's a lot of pain. If you're breaking down or you're going through a low point, I think the low points are really what get you, uh, to truly grow as a person and kind of get to that next level. And uh, just being a fellow human being out there, I'm always here to support you. I know Scott's always here to support you. And uh, so is the brand of Ultra Human. So uh, leave the world a better place as you found it. And uh, I think that's one thing that you could just never go wrong with. I uh, will second that 110%. And actually, real quick before I forget, because we're going to put this in the show notes, do we have a promotional link? We do. Um, so you can actually go to theultrahuman.net. That's theultrahuman.net. Uh, you can also link directly to get our CBDs there. We did set up a code. We do not typically discount our products at all. But if anybody's interested, interested in trying them, they can use Live the Fuel. Uh, just Live the Fuel as a promo code. I think it can be uppercase, lowercase, doesn't matter. Sure, and it will sure. give you 20% off and free shipping. 20% okay. off from free shipping only for the next two weeks okay so from right now it is exactly two weeks and the code will expire a 20 percent off on anything you want um and uh, definitely try our products if you guys haven't used them towels a great nootropic once two tabs a day to keep your razor shop focused our amino acids are obviously extremely popular we have three different flavors available right now the fourth one sold out oh, i'm very into hacking i'm definitely gonna be i'm gonna I have to try that nootropic actually because since i i took a break from that crazy one that was getting me overly wired so <laughs> oh definitely yeah but I'm, I mean, yeah, just, this is a super clean. Yeah. I mean, here it is right here. Super clean nootropic. Take once two tabs a day. Yeah. Two tablets. You're a little larger, more experienced. It's just a very clean level focused product. Nothing gray or harmful in there. But you'll just notice a sense of clarity, peace, decreasing anxiety, and also just feeling really good. And that's what I tell people. Like, I mean, people are like, well, what are you, are you supporting? I'm like, well, I don't know yet. I'm, I'm treating this as, a, I just believe that everybody should do their own N1 experiment. Because mm -hmm. unless you're a biologist or you have your own science lab, 
you don't know exactly how your genetics and your biology is going to react to the supplement. So you have to give yourself a shot and go N1, man. So I'm, I've been an Absolutely. N1 guy for years on everything. So. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. I'll have to send you some of these too. Obviously, I know you mentioned uh, Bug Our, Life. our Calvin He's the Coon Hound. Yeah. Our cancer surgeon uh, coon dog. Pet CBDs, a cubby bass. Yeah. Because we, we, we give him CBD. We, uh, as soon as he came out of surgery, we cut his leg off. Uh, we She got some type of CBD oil that we were rubbing on the, the injury area where they cut his whole shoulder and leg off to get the cancer out of his body. And now he's 11 and a half years old and still running around like a crazy person that, you know, crazy dog at, with three legs. <laughs> amazing. Dogs bounce back so amazingly. It's ridiculous. Um, but no, we're, we're big fans of doing the research into CBD, not just on our pup, but also on ourselves. So, um, Excellent. I, I don't hide. Yeah, definitely, man. CBD is yeah. a great, I mean, it's a wild, wild west market right now. It is. So you got to find quality brands. formulations. Quality, yep. We only use broad spectrum, so we don't do isolates. We don't do full spectrum. There's any THC in it. We also use, uh, you know, we source everything uh, from organic. Yep. So, and, and uh, I, was, I will second this. And basically hearing this, because I've already done a lot of extensive research, full spectrum, where that's where you want to be. Don't be getting the isolated, all that stuff. Just, yeah. And those are hard to come by. So Yeah, we use actually broad spectrum, too. So we Sorry. even use, like, secondary filtered, which is really, really top notch. And again, yeah. even these also hand signed, and we have a like a philanthropic program, which is uh, pretty good as well. So, which I'm also a big fan of. So, anything you so live the fuel, guys. Yeah, live the fuel. There's the code, and you guys more than welcome to use that. Reach out to me if you don't mind. I'll leave my email, my direct email on here. It's Jason at jasondeer.com. That's Jason at jasondeer.com. Uh, if you just want to reach out to me direct with questions, love to hear from you. you I'm go, not big on social, so we don't use a lot of that, but you can message us through the Instagram uh, through Ultra Human Nootropics. Oh, you, oh, you guys do monitor the DMs on there? Because some, yeah. some brands don't some brands don't monitor their direct messages, but I'm glad you guys they do. <laughs> we do. We don't use social a lot, very, very, very minimally right now, but we're getting into it a little bit more. So Well, I think you were just quite transparent right now, giving out your personal email. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, hang tight. I want to give proper goodbye off the air. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason dropped a lot of bombs, a lot of knowledge this evening. Make sure you go back and rewind and, and hit it again, because that's the beauty of digital content. And uh, again, this was already streamed live on Facebook. Uh, I'm actually going to timestamp it for you guys now, January 13th, the Monday, uh, if you want to go back. We'll have it linked in the show notes as well. Uh, but obviously, the episode is going to uh, air a few weeks after this. But we're just trying something new, getting you guys some uh, early content out right away in the Facebook world. So again, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you check them out. Make sure you go to, again, there's two different sites, the ultrahuman.net to do your own N1 research, and also the ultrahumancbds, as in CBDs, plural, .net as well. Again, all this will be in the show notes. Uh, I can't wait to find out when you're doing uh, some speaking in my area. Actually, I do. I'm going to shout out one more time to Justin Shank of the Growth Now Movement because I will see you this year at the 2020 uh, GNM live event. So we'll both be hanging at that conference, ladies and gentlemen, right here in Reading, Pennsylvania. So make sure you make it out. So again, ladies and gentlemen, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Jason helped us do that today. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, you took a live the fuel. And we will talk to you guys again soon. Thank you for subscribing to Live the Fuel. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Live the Fuel. And remember, you too can live the fuel. So please visit us at livethefuel.com.